Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Welcome back. This is Savvy Psychologist. I'm Dr. Ellen Hendrickson, and every week I'll help you meet life's challenges with evidence-based research, a sympathetic ear, and zero judgment. So, a few months ago on the podcast, we talked about procrastination, and a number of you wrote in and said it was helpful. So, let's continue the conversation, but with a twist, by talking about different types of procrastinators. So, like forms of procrastination, from binge-watching Glow, to shopping for dog raincoats online, to stalking your middle school friends on social media, procrastinators themselves come in many shapes and sizes. But no matter what type of procrastinator you are, procrastination is tricky to overcome because it involves a certain amount of self-deception. It makes us say, I'll do it later. I'm tired. I need a break. I got some stuff done. This is my reward. Or I have plenty of time. Now, on a deeper level, we know exactly what we're doing. But trying to motivate to do our taxes or write that term paper doesn't stand a chance against the seemingly reasonable justifications procrastination loves to whisper in our ear. But if procrastinating is getting you in trouble, like you're missing deadlines, irritating those around you, or you just feel guilty about wasting your time, the first step to addressing the situation is discerning what you get out of it. What type of procrastinator are you? So this week, we'll cover the three most common procrastination profiles, plus five ways to secede from the land of procrastination. Ooh, that was a bad one. All right, let's get into it with type number one, the avoider. So if you're an avoider, you might say something like this. I procrastinate to avoid unpleasant emotion like stress, uncertainty, or feeling overwhelmed. Okay, this is classic procrastination. We're not necessarily avoiding the task. We're avoiding the negative emotion that goes along with that task. So for example, we may avoid an overtly stressful or high-stakes chore, like studying for exams or writing our best man speech for our friend's wedding. And this makes sense. It's unpleasant to feel the pressure or worry we're going to bomb. So instead, we blissfully watch the entire Star Wars series and are rewarded with not feeling bad. Now, we may also procrastinate on tasks where we simply don't know what to do next. So here, we avoid the negative emotions of doubt, uncertainty, or simply feeling stupid. Now, this kind of avoidance can be small scale. For example, we might avoid writing a sympathy note because we don't know what to say, 
don't know their zip code, or can't find the stamps. But it can also be large-scale. We might aspire to grad school, but let years go by because we're not exactly sure what we want to do, how to start the process, or if we can hack it. Or we might want to break up with our partner, but can't bring ourselves to do it or never find the right time. But in truth, if you're an avoider, procrastination doesn't fully let you avoid feeling bad. On some level, we feel guilty, pressured, or anxious. We're not fully able to enjoy The Force Awakens or several slices of banana bread or do-nothing-for-two-minutes.com, which apparently is an actual thing. All in all, avoiders stretch the negative emotion they would feel or think they would feel facing their task into a long, low-grade feeling of negative emotion while they procrastinate. Next is type number two, the optimist. If you're an optimist, you might say, I procrastinate because I think things won't take that long or that I have more time than I really do. Other favorite phrases of optimists are, it'll just take a few minutes, or no worries, I'll get it done, or I just have to do one more thing, I won't be late. All in all, optimists chronically underestimate their time frame or overestimate their abilities. Now, viewed through a charitable lens, this is simply overconfidence. But for those left hanging or let down by this type of procrastinator, it may seem more like delusion. Now, in the moment, we feel sure we can leave all our holiday shopping to a few days before Christmas or squeeze in three errands in three different towns while our kid is at her half-hour piano lesson. But inevitably, time wins out and we find ourselves late, unprepared, and overcommitted. However, in this type of procrastination, there might be a bright spot. Active procrastinators know they work better under pressure, have a realistic sense of how long a task will take, even if it involves a pot of coffee and an all-nighter, and therefore procrastinate deliberately. If you truly know thyself, active procrastination can be a form of coping that actually works. And finally, there is type number three the pleasure seeker. And a pleasure seeker might say, I procrastinate because I just don't want to do what I'm supposed to be doing. Now, if you think of yourself as lazy, this is probably you. And in general, it's perfectly permissible to be a little lazy. Who among us has never drunk milk straight from the carton, watched a lame TV show because it was too much work to get the remote, or let toilet paper tube after toilet paper tube collect because it's too much work to actually change the role. Now, sometimes this gets out of hand. The pleasure seeker plays, relaxes, or basically does whatever they're not supposed to be doing. They wait until they feel like doing their work to start, which sometimes never happens. Now, pleasure seeking often gets reinforced because at some point, someone else may jump in and do your task for you. Your partner may get fed up and wash the dishes. Your group project partners may pick up your slack or your coworkers might cover your butt. It seems like you get away with it. But in the long run, the pleasure seeker breeds resentment and a reputation for being unreliable or a slacker. Other people work around your procrastination, so it seems like there are no consequences, but they're actually hidden and come at the expense of your good name. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll, 
to after you graduate. Pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Okay, once you've figured out which type of procrastinator you are, here are five things you can do to take action, whether now or maybe later. So tip number one is radically accept that you are procrastinating. Procrastination is a slippery character. It disguises itself as a well-deserved reward. Just one more thing I want to do. Just a few more minutes of sleep, plenty of time left, and many other justifications. And the reasons feel really compelling in the moment. They feel true. You do deserve a break. You are tired but these are the very symptoms of procrastination. Reason after reason not to do your work. And if you find yourself justifying your non-work activities over and over again, radically accept that this is procrastination. It's not a break. It's not a reward. It's a choice not to do your work. Now, thankfully, radical acceptance is half the battle. Once you've accepted that you are procrastinating, you can decide whether or not you want to address it. So tip number two is change your environment. If you do choose to address it, ask yourself what enables your procrastination and then ruthlessly cut it out of your life. Is it an app on your phone like YouTube, Facebook, or Splitter Critters? Delete it. Seriously, you can always reinstall it later. Is it Netflix? Cancel your subscription, even if briefly. Is it your bed in the fridge? Go to a coffee shop instead of working from home. Now, this intervention is powerful because it forces you to confront your habits. Once Instagram is gone, if you find yourself shifting your attention to Twitter, you realize you're making a choice in the moment. Now, pulling the rug out from under yourself like this might be uncomfortable, but it pokes a stick in the spinning wheels of your procrastination habit and forces you to break the cycle. Tip number three is notice when procrastination stops being pleasant. The next time you procrastinate, watch what happens. At some point, playing Mega Dead Pixel gets old. After the fourth episode of The X-Files, your brain feels kind of mushy. Whatever you're doing to procrastinate, at some point, it stops being fun. So notice this and use it as a springboard. When procrastination itself starts nagging at you, consider switching to something productive. Which brings us to tip number four. 
which is do something easy but productive. Now, it's almost impossible to shift instantly from full-on procrastination to full-on productivity. To transition, you need an on-ramp. Therefore, choose a task that's easy but moves you ahead rather than letting you continue to spin your wheels. Often, the quickest, easiest thing on your to-do list is a good bet. You can call the optometrist, start the laundry, or pay one bill. Now, everyone procrastinates differently, and everyone pulls themselves out of the mud differently, so be honest with yourself. Choose a transition task that actually moves you forward, not just a different form of procrastination, like checking your email or rewriting your to-do list. Speaking of to-do lists, we'll end with tip number five, which is limit your to-do list. Give it the equivalent of a buzz cut. Now, this sounds counterintuitive, especially when procrastination is the reason for your backlog. But a mile-long to-do list has an effect on your psyche. First, it's overwhelming, which can trigger more procrastination. And second, it's unrealistic, which can amplify the optimist's this-will-just-take-two-minutes mindset. So consider limiting your to-do list to three items or five items or one major and two minor. Now, you can keep a mile-long shadow to-do list in the background, but be realistic about what you can get done today. And then you can play Super Hexagon to your heart's content. Thank you, as always, for making The Savvy Psychologist a part of your life. Savvy Psychologist is strictly for informational purposes and doesn't substitute for mental health care from a licensed professional. If you haven't already, pick up a copy of my book, How to Be Yourself, Quiet Your Inner Critic, and Rise Above Social Anxiety. If you've already read it and enjoyed it, consider leaving a review on Amazon. It really makes a difference. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful week, and I will see you here every Friday for a happier, healthier mind. This episode is brought to you by Macmillan, our publisher. This year, Macmillan turned 175 years old. And to celebrate, we brought together Macmillan employees to share their favorite stories of working here. From publishing best-selling books. And I just remember seeing them across the concourse. And I started running up to them. I'm like, you're number one, you're number one. And we all started jumping up and down. To making a difference in the world. Of all the books that I've worked on, I feel like this book more than any other has changed people's lives. And that's an incredible opportunity. To the impact working here has on our own lives. You know, being at Macmillan was kind of a big part of our story to begin with. We officially listed our location on the marriage certificate as the Flatiron Building, and we couldn't find any others that matched in the records. So, so we're just going to go ahead and say that we're the first to actually get married in the Flatiron Building. <laughs> Macmillan, bringing authors and readers together since 1843. For more stories of our long-standing history in the publishing business, follow us on social at Macmillan USA. That's M-A-C-M-I-L-L-A-N-U-S-A. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate. Pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. 
Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that.